From the Law Society of Alberta, welcome to Financially Speaking, the podcast for responsible lawyers who take their responsibility seriously. I'm your host, Colin Brandt. Financially Speaking focuses on the financial issues that challenge lawyers in their practice of law and management of funds with real-world examples and solutions that you can apply to your practice today. Now, before we start, I want to thank everyone who listened to and provided feedback on the last episode of Financially Speaking. We're always working to make our podcasts more relevant and interesting for you, and so we appreciate you taking the time to write to us and tweet at us about the show. Today's episode follows up on our last episode, but instead of talking about how to set up a trust account, we're going to focus on what happens afterward, the life cycle of a trust account, from its creation through its closure. And in the spirit of Access to Justice Week, we're going to focus not only on the logistics and obligations of those trust accounts, but on the key role that pooled trust accounts play in funding access to justice initiatives in our province. Walking us through that process is my colleague, the manager of Law Society's Trust Safety Department, Bernadette Chern, as well as our our very special guest, Deborah Duncan. Deborah is the executive director of the Alberta Law Foundation, which funds programs and services that improve Albertans' knowledge of their legal rights and responsibilities, conducts legal research, proposes law reforms, and enables Albertans to effectively exercise their rights under the law. Bernadette and Deborah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Colin. For folks that are hearing about ALF for the first time, tell us a little bit more about what the foundation does and how that work relates to trust accounting in Alberta. The Alberta Law Foundation was actually created under the Legal Profession Act back in 1973, and it was designed to receive interest that accrues on lawyers' trust accounts, pooled accounts, where there's not a separate account set up for a particular client. And those funds are used to provide grants to organizations in the nonprofit sector who provide services to vulnerable individuals in terms of legal information, education, legal advice and representation, and also legal research and reform. And we also support law libraries. So we have those four main objects. 25% of our, our total revenue is directed to legal aid. The way we normally refer to our, our objects is uh, to promote and advance access to justice. So for the funds that are, are coming in uh, from these pooled trust accounts, is that the sole source of funding for ALF? That's definitely the primary source. We also have a reserve on which we earn investment income. And any trust funds that are undistributable to clients because they can't be located are also paid to us after the Law Society holds them for five years. What do lawyers need to do to make sure uh, that their accounts are remitting interest to ELF correctly? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, The first thing is that the, the lawyer needs to ensure that they open an account with the bank that is labeled as a lawyer's pooled trust account. Each bank has a slightly different name for that account, but generally speaking, it's an account that is expected to have money from various clients deposited into it to be held in trust for whatever reason. The second thing is they have to provide to the bank a letter of direction directing the bank to pay interest on that account to the Alberta Law Foundation. And the interest rate and all the other terms relating to that are agreed to directly between the bank and the Law Foundation. So the lawyer doesn't have to be concerned with that part of it. They just need to make sure the account is opened. They need to report to the Law Society at the end of every year. 
um, explaining the status of their account, and they need to confirm to the Law Society that, in fact, that letter of direction has been provided. And the Law Society has made it fairly simple to do that. There is a, a standard precedent letter on the Law Society website that has all the information that the lawyer and the bank need to complete. And we ask that a copy of that letter of direction be provided both to the Law Society as well as the Law Foundation. And that way we can uh, track going forward to make sure that we're receiving interest on all of the accounts that actually exist in Alberta. It's also important to use the correct account number for a trust account. This includes the transit number and the bank ID. While, while most firms only deal with a few accounts, the Law Society and ALF deal with thousands of accounts and the full account number is really the only unique identifier. So it is very important on your self-report to include both the transit number and the full bank ID. Bernadette, the last time we spoke, we talked a lot about how important it was to set up your trust account correctly and making sure that your financial records stay reconciled and up to date. What we didn't talk about as much was what happens when there's an issue with that process, when an issue can't be reconciled or there's a shortage or something wrong with your accounts. What are the obligations of responsible lawyers in terms of reporting issues? That's a great question, Colin. There are a number of issues that lawyers can and likely will run into while operating a trust account. While Trust Safety does have mandatory annual filings with our self-report and the accounting upload or the accountant's report, lawyers need to know that they are obligated to report issues with their trust accounting immediately, particularly with regard to shortages, fraud, both from their trust account or from their general account, and any breaches around money laundering. While most issues can be resolved quickly, you simply cannot wait until your annual filings to report any issues. By keeping on top of your obligations in terms of both reporting and your annual filings, you are far less likely to encounter a situation where you have exposed either your firm's money or your client's money at risk. I know that the rules regarding anti-money laundering and terrorist financing take up a lot more than just one episode of this podcast, but what are some of the key elements that lawyers need to know while they are maintaining a trust account? First and foremost, lawyers should know that you can only set up a trust account for the express purpose of delivering legal services. So you cannot hold money in your trust account for a client for any other purpose. As an example, as if your company is holding a fundraiser, you can't just hold the money in your trust account if you're not completing legal services for that particular matter. Additionally, every lawyer should follow the protocols around client identification and verification to ensure that people are precisely who they say they are. And finally, that lawyers cannot accept more than $7,500 in cash from clients or prospective clients in respect to any one matter. So there are many resources located on the Law Society website in regards to client identification and verification, as well as the cash rule breach and prohibition of use. There's also many references to the guidance pr provided from the Federation of the Law Societies on our website as well. Following the operation of either a pooled or a SEBA-style trust account, there might come a time either when lawyers resign as responsible lawyers, retire, complete a matter with a client, they want to close their trust account or they need to close their trust account. Well, what do lawyers need to do when they reach the stage and they're ready to close their accounts? 
Once a lawyer has decided to close their trust accounts, it isn't quite as simple as just turning off the lights and walking away. Lawyers continue to have obligations and requirements that extend beyond the life of the account itself. What I mean by that is when you are ready to close your trust account, you have to make sure that if the law firm is still operating, you find another lawyer to become the responsible lawyer and take on all of the accountabilities listed under part five. If the firm is closing, you will have to ensure that all of the funds are accurately dispersed either back to the clients or find another law firm to take over. As well, you'll have to provide proof of closure to the law society from the bank. So this is an actual letter that comes from whatever financial institution you had your bank or your trust account with that provides that to us confirming your trust account is closed. If you are shutting the accounts down altogether and shutting down your firm, there are final filing obligations that are required to trust safety at the end of the period. Bernadette, where would lawyers go to find out more information around these requirements? I would recommend that people start with the trust safety section of our website, lawsociety.ab.ca. But we are also happy to work directly with lawyers to help them every step of the way. You can reach out to us by email at trust.safety at lawsociety.ab.ca, or you can call us at 403-228-5632. Well, fantastic. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate you doing this because any support we can give to the lawyers to make this easier for them, that ultimately benefits Albertans in need. So um, we really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or ideas for upcoming segments or questions, we want to hear them. You can reach us at feedback at lawsociety.ab.ca or tweet at us at Law Society of AB.